Hello, welcome to episode eight. I think we got our head around that. Yeah, episode eight of the Elso Special PT podcast. And today I have finally have a guest, so you don't need to listen to me just waffle on. You have to hear someone else talk about my interests in uh, nutrition and training. Today I've got Sean Pellet with me. Good afternoon. So Sean was um, my old. Well, not my old PT. Number two. Number two. But you're my number two. Yeah. <laughs> so he helped me train my um, my clients at BA Fitness, and then since then he's gone off and done his own thing, which we'll let um, Sean talk about. So, um, you, how long were you with me? Just shy of two years. Just shy of two years. Yeah. That went that went by really fast. It did, mate. So you just. We loved life, didn't we? Yeah, I persevered with it, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And you started, so obviously you were doing your, you were working for me, you were doing your own thing, like your PT and your group sessions with the the Transformation Trainer. I was actually thinking, like, how good that name is yesterday. It's actually... All right, then. Yeah. Um, Took me long enough. Case. <laughs> like starting any business, the naming of the business usually takes the most time rather than anything else. Um, and was halfway through that, how long? So, halfway through that sort of stint at BA and doing your training, you opened up a kitchen. Yes, so obviously, we've got clean and lean nutrition, um, which obviously is locally based in Heesham, uh, and that is just obviously calorie calculated meals. But I mean, it's open to anyone who's just wanting to. I'd say improve the, the nutritional, but um, anyone who just struggles finding the time to, to plan the meals and prep the meals. Um, and yeah, that's obviously that's the, the ethos of a clean and lean is just eat without the hassle. And a very good tagline as well. So you've got all the, uh, the business side of things. Don't you? I'll try my best. Um, so yeah, that was about how long, how long you've been doing that for now? Uh, so we started that last January, 6th of January last year, so 2020 was the first delivery day and you sort of been quite lucky with covid that it hasn't affected that much uh yeah yeah i'd, I'd, say, every, I'd say everything's been affected yeah of course I, yeah i mean obviously you did, obviously we're a, a business selling to to everyday customers so, so you know once their lives get affected obviously that affects us as well um so yeah everything has a, a snowball effect should we say or a knock-on effect um but yeah, no, it's, I'd definitely say kitchen-wise, we were lucky if the other year panned out, should we say, last year. Um, yeah. Well, it, even me as a as a PT business, things haven't been too bad. Yeah. Because so you get you get all that the grants, the the help from the government. We've been able to do one to ones. We've been able to do outdoor group sessions. It's just now one to ones outdoors is not very. Uh, very, it's, well, like, it's, it's not, not pleasant. No, it's not something that I really want to do. Uh, obviously, when groups come back, hopefully, they'll just they'll just say at the end of all this, gyms are open again. But hopefully, there's no. Well, we don't know how long it's going to go on for, but hopefully, it's no group sessions outside when we have to get six to. Yeah, to fingers crossed. Well, like I said, there you know you've been quite lucky with gym. I mean, I'd say on my own, I've been very lucky with without gyms gone from last year um so during the first lockdown there was a lot of obviously my members from the outdoor sessions the training to stay that were 
hesitant to staying on, obviously with the Zoom classes and um, maybe not straight away seeing, not saying maybe the value, but the where they get, I mean, you put a gym membership, people think straight away, gym membership, they get the result from the gym session. Obviously then it's just, it's our job to explain to them is the nutritional side of stuff, which throughout that first lockdown, people began to realize once they're eating and drinking more than it is. Yeah. When, um, so obviously we charge a little bit more than a, than a gym, but obviously a local gym, it's not that much more, but for the training, the sessions that you get planned, the coaching that you get, the money we charge is more than that. Plus you have the nutrition yeah. things and everything that goes with it. People don't sort of, well, they look past that really. If they, if they, they left and they go somewhere else and they go to a commercial gym, they pay 35, 40 pound a month, they will realize that it's just not, that isn't worth the money that they, they're paying. No, well, I said. I right, say so you go to obviously without naming names of local gym, but if you go to some of the, the, the bigger box ones where you've got five hundred, seven hundred and fifty thousand, five thousand members or, or whatever you're looking at, um, you know, you're paying for the gym membership, that is it. You know, you get a plastic card that lets you into the gym. Um the gym equipment. The the gym equipment, yeah. Um which that's fine, you know, if you've got the knowledge and that and you, you like training on your own, then they used to stop you and used to say different, but I'd say mine and your clientele that we like to train. I mean, mine, for example, was middle-aged women or women between the ages of 25 and 40. Careful how I word that middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to use this, uh, this oh, podcast now. No. Um, but Just pictured all the abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, like I was saying before, I just don't think that, or my thing, why younger people don't necessarily come to the gym is because they don't have them underlying values of, I want to get fitter for a particular reason. Whereas when they're older, people are older, they start thinking, right, I need to be fitter for my kids. Yeah. If they're older grandkids, yeah. I need to be stronger. I need to be healthier because I feel like shit. My knees are hurting, my shoulders are hurting. So I need to do this strength training in order to keep that happening. But when you're when you're younger, you don't have that. And I think the only thing that, especially girls and guys, when they're younger, all they're thinking about is that body. Yeah, yeah. So I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. I think the the key factor there is the older we get, and I find it in the last sort of two or three years, I'm more open to talking about things. Um, I think people are exactly the same. You know, like saying they're with the kids and stuff, they're more open to talking, to talk to the mates, the colleagues. And then obviously, say if someone's down at yours, they'll say, oh, come down and try Billy's. I'll come down with you on that session. Yeah. You know, they've got that mate going with them. The next thing, they get friendly with everybody else. And then a bit like here, you get a variety of sessions, session times, and people come down at different times then. It's just, um, but yeah, I'd like to say, obviously the younger people, yeah, they just, I mean, I did it, age of 18 to probably 21. I think I had my first hangover at 21. You go out thinking you can drink as much as possible, eat all the takeaways, and you'll stay like that, and you just nip to the gym twice a week. Yeah. Yeah, I was having this conversation while I was on a run with someone, with another run tonight. Mate, well. you running is yeah. surprising. And... Um, <laughs> 
and we were talking about how when I was younger, so 18, I was playing football at Slime and obviously AstroTurf was fair, I would say, well, the new AstroTurf, so the 4G was... Yeah, I'd say they were new around here. Yeah, and um, all the old guys were having it, oh, God, my knees, man, my body, my absolute kills after I do AstroTurf. And I was like, what? And they were like, just wait till you get to this age. And you're just naive, you go, no, no it's not going to happen. Anyway, two months ago, I played a game after not playing for two weeks. Played a game on Astro. I could not move for two days. I'm only 28. <laughs> then like we're twi- like 32, 33, and like you understand why it's yeah. such a, an issue. Obviously, yes, I could take better care of myself. I should do more um, strength training and fitness work, but things get in the way, and that's. Um, I'm doing, then you've just got to do what you can or what you enjoy. Get te- what you enjoy is your first priority. Exactly. I'm going back to them with your injuries. I used to laugh at all older fellas. So obviously I was playing an adult team from when I was about 14, 15. So they're all, like you say, buckled over in, in pain. Me at cocky age of 16 saying, oh, I'll never get like that, I'll never get like that. Played a game, I think it was October. Set off to start running three minutes into the game, my knee popped. <laughs> Waiting for an MRI. Yeah, it's... Um... It catches up. It catches up on everyone. <laughs> and then, like I said, I'm only 28. I'm only 28, so it's not 26. Like, it's not like I'm, uh, I'm over the hill just yet. No. Uh, but, right, so uh, obviously we've got the, the trainers PT at BA. Hopefully you'll learn a lot. I did. Especially training with. So if you're ever going to be a PT, um, like you want to learn then go to a gym where you're actually going to work with people. Don't go to a gym when you're just cleaning all the time. Because Private studio. Yeah, a private studio. Because you you only start, like, yes, probably learn a tiny bit of things. To be fair, I had a good tutor at college, or one good tutor. Um, and she knew a lot about PT, and I learned a lot off of her. Um, and I had a decent mentor. It was all right. Yeah. So, oh yeah, <laughs> um, and so I, I sort of learned quite a bit of her, but I didn't start learning until I started working with people. And like you realise, I've I've had this conversation with that um, on the podcast before. I can't remember which episode, but the Courtney Black and Joe Wicks sort of thing. Courtney Black worse than Joe Wicks because it's. Um, some of the exercises are so bizarre, so just... Sex positions, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Something that you'd you'd never even think about. Obviously, I've worked with a lot of people, thousands of people, and getting 20% of them to do a good lateral lunge is tough. But then she's chucking a lateral lunge in and then hopping up onto her knee, oh, onto her tiptoe at the bottom of her, l- her lateral lunge. So she's done the lateral lunge and then she's going up onto her tiptoe at the bottom of the lateral lunge. Now you tell me, what is the point of mm, that? There's no point. There's no point of that. A bit of, a bit of flash, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Like if you can, it, doing lateral lunges is fine. But 
why get them to doing something which is already really difficult to do and then adding something completely irrelevant to the end of the exercise yeah. and like it's just like, i don't know how many numbers of people she trains i'm using my fingers here what do you call these quotation marks, quotation marks. <laughs> trains online but you're talking tens of thousands of people at yeah. one time and out of 10,000 people, I'm guessing it's more than that, but out of 10,000 people, I reckon only less than a thousand will be able to do a lateral lunge properly and effectively. You'll probably then, find less than a thousand come on daily to do the workouts. Yeah. Because they'll get you on set membership and because it's not personal. People want personal. People like people. They say they don't like people, yeah, but we're social creatures. It's going to be... Um, I'd say somebody really does good it. for her in lockdown. Oh, yeah, she'll be lovely. Someone goes, go, go, oh, I need to lose some weight, exercise, 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 and then that's when we're going to come in and tell you why that's bullshit in, a, mm-hmm. in probably about 10, 15 minutes' time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, going on from that, like there's only so many people, let's talk about how you deal with new clients. So, this is from the start position. So, they finally... Like people are very reluctant to join our sort of setup and gym at first because they have a think it's going to be too hard or it's so small and close-knit. Yeah. I feel like it's, a, it's going to be a problem. But tell me how you would sort of start with a... Well, starting to train a new client. I train and to give them the nutrition advice that they need as well to get whatever results. Well, first, I'd take it back before they even come into the gym. I wouldn't overwhelm them with, here's my quotation marks now, your key features. So as soon as you put weight training into if your clientele is ladies who are between the age of 25 and 40, I'd say pushing more towards that 40 area and above will have gone through the fitness industry for probably the last 15 to 20 years saying that if you train with weights, you're going to get bulky. So like I said, before they get in the gym, I'd just say what it is that you can do for them. So we can give you a personal service that will allow you to reduce that body fat, but while still having your favorite foods or having an alcoholic drink with your partner. So make it that personal thing. And then when they come into the gym, Everyone, regardless if they've said they've trained before or not, is completely new to me. Before, like I've, I've never seen them do a squat. I've never seen them do a deadlift or anything. Um, so you start them off fresh. Wouldn't throw them in the deep end. It's a bit like obviously like what we used to do at BA and what I obviously do up here. If we're doing deadlifts, you start off with a kettlebell or a dumbbell. Don't throw them straight onto the big bar. I say you don't want to overwhelm them. That transfers into the nutritional side of stuff as well. You don't want to throw aggressive calorie deficit on before they've even realized their own problems with the nutrition. So I think it's that they need to realize or they need to tell you what they think their nutritional pitfalls, downfalls are before you can then start to give them the advice. Because obviously, like I say, it's personal both our setups are a personal service. So you need to be aware of their personal 
problems, like I say, maybe problems, and then go from there. Problems and lifestyle. Yeah. Any, any, anything that yeah, they do on a day-to-day basis is, yeah. is key knowledge for a PT. So if they work at an office, they don't move much, you know that they're going to have problems with getting steps in, getting their knee up, um, giving them strategies to maybe, like, in lunch, go around for 10-minute walks. So yeah. Just get a yeah. So, so everything that they do, you need to know, and then you can start making little tiny things to improve. Like we've actually gone back. So all the way through me being a PT, so four, going on four years, I've made mistakes like everyone has. Yeah, everyone has. Doesn't matter what profession you're in, you're going to make mistakes, especially when I went straight from college to training people. So I can still remember some of the workouts. Like to be fair, because Susan Nicholson comes to the gym, she takes a picture of every single workout. So she showed me the first workout, and I was actually surprised with how good it was. And I was actually, okay, it wasn't too bad. But I remember some of the stuff I used to do in the garage, it was well too much. Uh, we're doing a lot of jumps, a lot of plyometrics, like fair enough, good for some people, but it's yeah. a high level skill. Yeah. And probably the people who were doing it probably just about handled it, but it wouldn't have obviously boded well in BA now, now I'm training more people. I have 10 clients then. It works fairly well for all of them. I had some good ones, had some, I didn't really have any beginners, um, apart from my mom. Um, but then she doesn't do jumps, doesn't do split squats because of her knees. She just does goblet squats all the time, stays strong. It's just about varying different things for different people. But we, up until, I don't know, probably like before COVID, we were giving people the information like on calorie deficit and just going, right, there you go. And then just helping them along the way, which in turn now is probably a bad idea because yes, it's, we, we weren't like, we didn't just go, all right, go, go off on your own, do it. We'd have to say, like, how is it? And obviously follow up on it as we go, but we shouldn't even think about calories yet at yeah. the start. It should be thinking, right, what are your eating patterns? Where do you eat? What do you eat? Um, what do you struggle with? Just getting that into a sort of written down, basically, and then we can go, okay, now we want to try and push you in this direction and say, I want you to concentrate on this and this. Could be, depending on the results. If you don't step so much, They'll say, right, well, concentrate on leaving your shoes by the door and going for a five-minute walk every day. Doesn't have to. Could be 15 minutes, but you've got, you should not commit to five minutes. Yeah. Round the block. Done. You want to go further? Some days you will, some days you won't. I, I talked with you yesterday on motivation. Sometimes you're motivated, sometimes you're not. But consistency and habits keep you doing it consistently. And then, obviously, once you've built that habit up, you can obviously progress it over time. But... The, just giving them the calories marker is going well past what they're even thinking about because they don't understand really what calories are in what. Um, trying to build so obviously if we say oh, we want this many calories, that means you need to sort of start tracking it really 
in some capacity. It doesn't have to be my fitness pal. Yeah, like I said, I'd avoid calorie tracking yeah. to start off. With. But then that's a another thing to think about. It's like you have to think about 10, 15 different things to maintain that calorie deficit. That's overloading the new client with information while only giving them one thing to actually think about. Eat your calorie deficit or this is your calories. There's lots of different things intertwined within that. Well, what I said. So yeah. I think now, I think a big one is maybe just even getting them in the gym three times a week. Yeah. I know that's obviously not where they're going to see the fat loss result, obviously, because we both me and you know that comes down to nutrition. But if they can commit to that, and due to the environment that both me and you have our gyms, they're then going to socialise more with another group and then realise, well, these guys are doing it. I can jump in with them. And then that's that other step. Yeah. Obviously, they've now got the social and the mental aspect. Met a few new people. They're enjoying the environment. Right, now I can maybe look at my nutrition. Then, like you say, don't jump straight into, this is a calorie, you need this many calories. Because if someone comes to you who's having a takeaway five nights a week, that that is in their habits. You know, that's hardwired into their um, daily or five night a week routine. That's easier just sending me away. Absolutely, yeah. Look it's at, probably the same amount of money. Look at you with your fish and chips. You used to love them. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was part down to living... Five goals that away from Hodgson's trippy. Well, do you know it's a habit, um, but yeah, you, you need to a, walk a different way. On. That is a thing, um, and yeah, I should, should have just drove a different way. So, <laughs> that but that, that, is, that is a serious comment, though. That's changing changing your environment. Yeah, so you change your environment, it's gonna make you take out the trigger. I think we've, we've spoke about this ages ago. I think, yeah, is it James Clear, yeah. Atomic Habits? You'll have a trigger if you remove the trigger, then obviously, you don't put that desire into your head yeah so the, the habit isn't going to the the chippy it's seeing the chippy yeah. so if you take that out i won't have the urge to go and get a chippy so you just take the stage out that's going to help you get whatever obviously goals you want in the long run but uh going on from the sort of habits and calorie thing is that I think we well I did the calorie sort of thing because it's good for a PT to have sort of quick results you know what I mean as a PT as a PT if you can get people quick results think about like how much like how marketable that is it could be really good and now we have had very good results doing what we've been doing but I don't want to just help, like say, sixty percent of people get good results. What about the other forty? So you've got to adapt for the other forty. But don't forget that me saying to someone, "Right, this is your calories. You can track them and do this." That might work for some people. You might get twenty percent of people who go away, track the food, get amazing results. You come to the gym three times a week. Easy done. That's your job done. You've explained it in a way that they can understand and they could easily process it and do it. But then, what about the other twenty percent, the ten percent, the ten percent, the ten percent? Yeah, you've got to you've got to adapt and do different things in different ways to ensure that people get the results that they want. Yeah, well, like I said, everyone will be at a different point 
Now, you you'll have in your you'll have in your head the ideal client and how you'd like every day to run, um, and how you think you'll have like stepping stones in your head of how that journey will come. So from day one of them coming in the gym, how they're going to get to day might be a hundred down the line when they've reached their goal. But like you said, not everyone's going to be the same. So like now, there's most of my clients have had to either working from home or um, kids are now getting homeschooled. So, you know, their priority at the minute isn't say their training or their health or their nutrition. It's the kids. Now, if you can get into them that, right, that's fine. Probably out of any of them, I'd probably drop your training. Still focus on your nutrition. Because obviously, if you've got the energy, then you possibly put over the kids then for a full day. So maybe it would be easier. That's what people don't understand sometimes. Is that, oh, I'm too tired and stuff like that. Mm. That's why exercise does. Yeah. It gets you, yeah. it gives you more energy. You're going to feel better. And if you are a very heavier person, you're going to expend less energy. Mm. So obviously, you're not going to be hungry all the time you're not going to be tired all the time you're going to feel better you're going to you're going to be better you're going to be a better human being if you are a heavy person you're saying a year's time you're 30 pounds 40 pounds lighter even though happiness isn't a six pack and stuff like that you are going to be a happier person yeah i think you've touched on it there then this Again, this comes back to the last 15, sort of 20 years of the fitness industry. They've now created this ideal woman figure, an ideal male figure. Um, but that's all right for them. They probably live in Miami somewhere where there's outdoor gyms everywhere, nice weather. And, you know, they're probably their whole life is based around being in a gym or in an outdoor gym or skateboarding to, to the gym or something like that. Whereas, over here, we just need to think about well, what what is a quality of life that we want? Is it being able to obviously outside of lockdown, being able to go away with um, let's take Graham for example, who comes in June. Yeah. He used to be going away every other weekend. Yeah, that'll be his good quality of life. Yeah, he might not necessarily focus on his nutrition and his his eating habits, but you know, to him, a quality of life is being able to go away with his partner every other weekend. Yeah. You'll have some of the mums in the gym. Their quality of life will just be, like we've said, just improve maybe their physical capabilities. So that might come in the form of a calorie restriction or a calorie deficit um, to maybe lose a little bit of fat so they can do more stuff with kids. Yeah, it's, it's important to, yeah. like I said, don't, don't have a, like a body image thing in your yeah, head. Yeah. You want to yeah. get results, but being lighter and obviously if you are a heavier person, getting into a calorie deficit. And some uh, there are some studies to say that actually calorie deficit can increase things like um, obviously motivation comes from results, but it can increase concentration levels, sleep loads of stuff which can obviously affect your life in a good way but the obviously being a lighter person is good for you you don't want to be stepping over that line there is a line of where i would ideally not ideally where i wish i want to be Mm. and then there's unhealthy yeah there's 
somewhere in between yeah. where you can do what you like in life and obviously stay happy rather than stepping over that line towards where like where your ultimate body will be and you have to give up shit loads of stuff and obviously but that's an Instagram thing you see, you yeah see well I think people. the thing is though that I think with Instagram and that and, well any form of social media now it's getting to the point now where people don't want to say the wrong thing to offend anyone mm. now they'll put out that picture of a, I don't know, say a male bodybuilder who's, you know, he's got muscles coming on muscles. How he's got them is a different kettle of fish. Um, but then you might have, um, say, a lady who's um, modelled for a, a magazine, but she, but she is overweight. And then you get people that will say, oh, you know, you can't be fat shaming. But sometimes someone has to step up and say, well, she's in an unhealthy position something needs to change there that fella on the other end of the spectrum what he's doing to his body is an unhealthy position so like you say it needs to come back into that middle of that fine yeah, normality though, even though you've got muscle there is a point of where it gets to anorexia because of body fat levels. well yeah and they may look ripped but the way they've got that is through restricting the calories to a stupid amount and obviously up in there Chemical usage. Maybe. <laughs> um, but they won't be doing any high-intensity exercise, that's for sure. They'll be increasing the steps all the time yeah. to get to that position. And most built male bodybuilders would only do that for one day shoot. Yeah. They wouldn't do it for a lifestyle thing. No. And then they'd hop back. Uh, Jay Jelly Alden? Alden? Alden, yeah. Alden. He's a good one because obviously he, he's done it. Um, so if you want to go follow him on Instagram, that's probably a good one. That he was a bodybuilder back in the day, did all the cover shoots and everything, and he just says he was flat out miserable. Martin McDonald. Yeah, Martin McDonald as well. It's um, because they had the body, um, they were just flat out miserable. They didn't have a good relationship with food. I think that's a good point that you touched on as well before about saying when from the PT that you used to be to the PT that you are now maybe some of the information that you gave out, Martin McDonald openly admits that the stuff he used to say was obviously related to what he was doing at the time. Yeah. His bodybuilding. So he will have been giving out in, say, his blogs, his videos, his anything he was publicising back then, some of that was misinformed information. Obviously, it will be misinformed from the source he's got it from, but then he's passing it on. So that's the knock-on effect with social media, is when someone either shares something that is incorrect and then they pass it on. Whereas now, obviously, Martin McDonald goes more into the science, research, evidence-based stuff. Yeah. The, the thing is that, so four years ago, there's been massive strides in science and yeah. exercise nutrition because money came into it. Hmm. There's a lot of money in fitness, exercise, and stuff like that. So people started doing the science behind it. Without money, you don't get the science. So... Uh, so the last four years, there's probably a lot that's changed, but it just took me time to, I, I could remember actually a point, I can't remember when it was, but like, I was, I, I thought I'd always been good at training people. It's sort of been, it's quite easy to sort of uh, read up on stuff. And I sort of just had a good eye for that. But the nutrition part, I had to properly learn. So it took a lot of time to figure out what the good sources are, to figure it out. 
obviously, um, once you get one good person, then they usually tag other people. Yeah. And then you start making your yeah. own assumptions. Like, I don't agree with everyone 100% of the time um, because of my experience I've had with, with people. Even stuff that Mike, Mike McDonald says, who I think is like God. Yeah, well, I did the GOAT, as he put in his podcast. The, the GOAT. GOAT, greatest of all time. <laughs> he is the GOAT. Um, but no, he was, he said in his, I can't remember which one it was. Um, he was saying how, like, it, something I didn't agree with that he said was that he said the science changes. Now, I disagree with that. I don't think the science changes. I think, like, you're going back there with the money. The money becomes available for us to prove more science. Yeah. The science is still, it's always there. Yeah, the science is there. It's just going to give you yeah. more. The science doesn't change. Maybe our perception of the science changes, yeah. but, yeah. Um, like, calorie, calorie deficit is always going to be there. Yeah. But is there science between so i've always asked the question is there a certain amount of calories that you can eat within a day when your body just rejects it possible you're trying go. to find that sweet but, spot though yeah but i don't i don't know um because surely your body can't just process calories after calories after calories after calories i think um, that'll come back to the point everywhere. you just throw up wouldn't you? yeah probably um, and that's probably your body's way of saying no. Yeah, no that'd be like it, thinking about filling up a car. Yeah, it just gets to a point where it was. It probably does take in all the calories, but then it just goes right. My stomach can't handle this anymore. Yeah, and then you'll yeah. end up throwing it up. Um, so that's probably that is probably you probably answered my question. Yeah, you're on it. Don't need to spend millions on a uh, <laughs> on a science thing, but that is a question I've asked before. And um, obviously, one day there might be science to to prove it or not. But um, I think people don't realise how massively adaptable the human body is. You like obviously Martin McDonald talks massively about aggressive calorie deficits and how he does these thirty-six hour fasting days. You know, people will look at them and think, "Well, I can't do that." I mean, I had the conversation with my girlfriend, with Shannon's mum, Vanessa, um, saying how when we'd obviously been to watch Martin McDonald at Manchester. Um, when was that? That was two years ago. Wasn't it? No. Or was that last? That wasn't this October. No. It was the October before. Maybe. No. It'll be two years this oh, year. Yeah, yeah. So you look at yeah. Um, maybe you need to go and watch him again. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, but. Um, but when we come back then with that aggressive calorie deficit, how we had a couple of people like carry, I should that under a thousand calories. Mm. Um, I tried it three weeks. It's it's fine. I just then used my maintenance days. You go up to Saturday, Sunday, you go up to your maintenance. But people, as soon as you say, oh, I'm going to have under a thousand calories, like alarm bells start going off saying, well, that's, that can't be right. That's, that's not good. Well, you go back to a thousand years ago, you, you ate what you found in that day. That could have been a hundred calories worth. Yeah. You know, so the body is forever adaptable all that's happened is we've just got comfortable to our situations food being constantly on demand food constantly being accessible we've touched on it before where we say you get lazy now with lazy food you get uber for your mcdonald's yeah. you don't walk to the mcdonald's anymore you and you have a drive-thru yeah. so you, it's not even like you'd even drive to mcdonald's get out of your car walk in and walk back out you have uber now just to bring it to your door I mean, how long before Uber drivers are allowed into your house and put it on a tray and put it on your lap for you? Yeah, it just comes like that. Yeah. 
they, they, that's that's a, just a marketing tool, isn't it? Yeah. McDonald's and stuff like that. They, they want to make it easy so it becomes a habit. Yeah. Like what we talk about with exercise and, and diet all the time. Habits are important and they, well, they choose it perfectly yeah. in a way. Um, that's what they spend millions on marketing well, research for. The, the, you have to realise that Martin McDonald, whatever he's saying, he'll always give you the science behind it. So if he's doing 38 hour fasts, if he's doing um, aggressive calorie deficit, he's wholeheartedly truthful about what he's doing and why it's good for him, which is important, him, because he has a vast experience in nutrition. He knows everything about calorie deficit. He's probably done every fucking diet under the sun to try it. Probably, yeah. And he has serious experience in obtaining a calorie deficit, maintaining weight and stuff like that, and doesn't have any emotional issues regarding food or any, well, I'm sure he has bad habits like everyone does, but not bad enough habits. To yeah, but that's what he says though, isn't it? He tries to get you out of that good and bad habits. Yeah. Like I said, when I was listening to his podcast the other day, he was on about his, um, his son asked him the question, come out of school and asked him the question, and went, why is chocolate bad? Yeah. Well, it's not bad. You can have it. It then comes back to this thing of don't restrict yourself yeah. and don't have, try and stay away from the term of um, moderation. Have a variety of things. So have a, you know, a high protein diet and then have a little bit of variety with a bit of chocolate or an alcoholic drink or whatever it is that you fancy having. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I mean, like you said, David Martin McDonald, he's done that over the course of 20 years. Yeah. That's, that's, this is, a big problem as well is where people think, oh, and that's what I'd say. I don't like doing a six week program because I always say to people before I start doing it, you're, ne you're never going to hit your goal in six weeks. Yeah. You can set a goal for six weeks' time. So if you're, I mean, another for Oliver Tennant, he explained it you have an outcome goal, which might be lose 10 kilos, that might be 12 months' time. Mm -hmm. After six weeks, so just what I say, right, I want to, I want to have lost two kilos, but that might be six weeks of deficit, 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 deficit. And you might go to a maintenance for a few weeks yeah. and then enjoy yourself for a while and then come back to it. It doesn't have to be all done straight away. Yeah, that is a, it is a big um, issue, I suppose, the six weeks. It just gets people thinking too much, doesn't it? Yeah. When you say, um, oh, six weeks, oh, I'll well, lose this much. Okay, well, what's happening after that? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to weigh myself every day. Okay, fine. You can weigh yourself every day all the time. It doesn't have to be for six weeks. You just need to understand why, what happens with your weight. You educate yourself why what weight fluctuations happen. If you're a woman, you've obviously got a cycle to worry about as well. Um, and I suppose that six-week mark sort of puts an end limit on something that doesn't or shouldn't. So if you say a six-week program, all right, I'm done. Yeah. I've lost six pounds, I'm done. Yeah. Okay, well, what happens now? So now I always use my six-week program as a sort of, I say, six-week program, um, I do all these posts, and I use it as an educational thing. So if they don't get results, they've still got educated yeah. about what they should be doing. And then when they're ready, when they haven't been sort of pressured into it, when they think that now's the right time to obviously with their work life, social life, now's the right time to get certain results, they can go ahead and do it themselves. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But 
six weeks. It's sort of a, it's hard as a PT because you're supposed to, obviously it is a business and obviously people getting results is a business driven or a good marketing tool. So you sort of need that in some way, but then you've got to also on the other side help people achieve long-term results. Yeah. Like some people, we just literally, we've educated them, they haven't done any sick week programs yet, a year down the line, a fucking 30 kilo slider. So well, like, yeah. All right, well, that's great. Like, you know, six week program, yeah, everyone goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, we'll probably look at this and go, six week program. Um, out of 20, 30, 30 equal, maybe five completed, probably. Mm-hmm doing it like good results and then but then what happens after that that's why these aggressive diets aren't great for people who start them because they they're going off motivation aren't they so i'd say they're not great for people to start when they're not 100 percent committed to doing it yeah or or then thinking about what will come after that yeah the problem is is that motivation i used it yesterday which quite I'm proud of myself this term. Motivation masks problems. Yeah. Because if I, hence why January you get all these new starters, they go, oh, I'm really motivated. I'll go to gym four or five times a week. Um, and then also motivation drops. And then they're, they're below that quit line. And then they're, they're done. They have a built the habits and stuff to mm. keep them consistent. And that's what the rapid fat loss does is they don't understand habits, good habits, bad habits, why, what good and bad habits they have. They do their, they have the motivation because they're losing weight really fast. Um, so I had someone in the gym who was, their maintenance calories would be about 3,500. Deficit. person, they went to 800. Yeah. So that's Big a massive deficit. deficit. They're seeing one pound, over one pound a day. So you can imagine how motivating that is. But two, three weeks' time, how long can you keep that aggressive diet up for? Bigger person, you're probably able to last a bit longer, three weeks maybe. Anything more than that, you sort of your body's fighting back against it. Not storing fat, by the way. Um, metabolic adaptation, but that's a different story um, or a different different podcast. Um, but they highly motivated during that period now they have not thought about good bad habits why they were doing the stuff before they started this plan what put them off the food yeah we'll do stuff like that and then they fall back into the same trap because the motivation's yeah. gone they fall back in normal food they go up a couple of pounds obviously because you're eating a bit more food and then they go more carbs in your system and then yeah. the motivation drops and you're like okay there's no point in doing like fair enough any diet, you're always going to have a bit of a rebound. But we don't want you going from unhealthy to a healthy weight back to unhealthy. Exactly. You're going to have a little bit of a rebound, which is natural. You're going to be up and down weight all the time, depending on social life, stress, work. And things happen that gets in the way. But it's important not to go back to where you were unhealthy. You need to get to sort of a healthy up and down marker. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes if you don't understand why the good and bad habits are happening, the end of the motivation does too much of the work for them. And then by the time they finish the two, three weeks, 
obviously with this rapid fat loss, they've got very good results in that two, three weeks. But if it's a normal diet, it doesn't matter if it's rapid fat loss, normal diet, it's still restricted, it's still hard. Two, three weeks, your motivation goes. So that's when your habits and your consistency has to sort of 